For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy rock <laughs> Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws a pass. Caught ball first down to the 50. Outside the numbers, 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. It's Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons, cannons. Go. Fire them. Keep yeah. on firing them. Keep on firing them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today for the Midweek Mailbag, episode 242. Welcome back. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing quite well. How are you? Doing good, man. We got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, the regular season is wrapping up. Bucks are getting ready to play their final division game of the year, their final home game of the year, of which I will be in attendance. I am jacked up for that. But on top of everything else, it feels like we have uh, a little bit more to talk about this week than we usually do. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm really excited for this edition of the Mailbag Show. Yeah, um, there's a there's a few obviously injury updates uh, for not for this week, but for for the playoffs. Is uh, it's getting to be that time of year? It's crazy that like the seasons, the regular season at least is basically over. Like, it's it's crazy how how fast a season goes, but yeah, we got uh, a lot to discuss. So it never feels like I have a full opportunity to like come down from that feeling of, Oh my God, football's back because mm. there is nothing more exciting to me than like when the preseason is wrapping up, you know, you get your chance to see the starters for the first time. We remember that game against the Texans where the buck starters really gave us something to believe in for the first time that preseason, um, you know, that's a great feeling. And then all of a sudden here we are week 17, and then we have week 18 next week. Like, we still have an extra week of football left to go, and it doesn't feel like it's enough. But at the same time, you know, 17 games almost feels one too many. But, yeah, let's go ahead and get into our topics this week. So every week on the Mailbag Show, we open up the lines. You can reach us on social media, over email, canifierpodcast at gmail.com. I mean, hell, you can comment on a video. Comment your thoughts on, on what you think of a certain situation we'll be talking about. And uh, we'll make sure we address it. So let's go ahead and jump right into it, actually. Before we get into any submitted questions, we kind of have to we kind of have to respond to uh, to something we got on Twitter. So this comes from our buddy DC at Crazy Shank. And I guess this is a mailbag question, right? Um, are the Bucks holding off on releasing Antonio Brown to prevent him signing with another team? So we'll go ahead and get this topic out of the way because 
I know on the AB upload from Monday, we said this is the last we're going to talk about it, but I think as we also kind of predicted in that video, this was going to be the hottest story of the week, and, you know, it's almost Thursday, and here we are. It, it is still the hottest topic of the week. Nobody's talked about Surreal Grayson this week or, you know, not a whole lot about how the Bucks overcame some some chaos in the second quarter, second half of Sunday's game to beat the Jets. Uh, it's been all about Antonio Brown, and course our first question is as well so I guess I'll just I'll, I'll ask you like what is what is going on with Antonio Brown right now uh Bruce Arians came out after the game said that he is no longer a buck he hasn't reported the uh to the facility since he stayed in New York after leaving the game halfway through and quitting on his team he went to uh was it a Knicks game or a Nets game it was a Nick Knicks Net, game. Nets Nets game okay uh he dropped in he dropped a single and, you know, there's been a lot of different stories that have come out, um, both in favor and against Antonio Brown in this particular situation. We're not going to break down all the stories, but I'll tell you, I guess the the overall tone of most of these stories is like many believe that this is something that's been brewing for longer than what we saw on Sunday between Antonio Brown and uh, the Bucks, or just head coach Bruce Arians. Um Reps from AB's camp have come out and kind of pointed to his uh, his lingering ankle injury driving this issue, and, and maybe that was the reason he didn't want to go back into the game on Sunday. Um, Bruce Arians has kind of dismissed it. He, he's said on the podium more than once that the conversation that they had on Sunday had nothing to do with the injury, and uh, you know if he really was in that much pain, the medical staff for the team wasn't entirely in the know about it. Um, and then on top of that, you've got the Uber driver that picked him up, this loudmouth guy who is, you know, going on podcast. And he stated in a public appearance this week that Antonio Brown told him that he was mad over not getting targets and said, quote, Brady was going back to his guy in Rob Gronkowski. So, you know, I, I guess the only conversation to have right now is something we need to address because AB still hasn't reported with the team. He, he's not back at the facility this week. Um, but a lot of people are wondering what's going on because the Bucks haven't officially released him yet. So Bruce Arians said at this point, when they asked him what was going on, it is up to front office, but he's pretty confident. And I think so are you and I, that Antonio Brown will not play another down as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. But circling all the way back to our question we got from our buddy DC on Twitter, are the Buccaneers not releasing him to avoid him signing with another team, which is something he would be allowed to do if he kind of wanted to? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the reason for it right now. Um, it, it's a weird situation. It, it really is. Uh, but it's just it's all weird. And the thing is, you'll never get the exact thing right. You're never going to find out what exactly happened. You know, both sides, they're not going to the real story isn't going to come out. It's just it, it's never going to come out now. You know, you have Ian Rapport saying that, you know, A.B. kind of felt uh, disrespected, not sort of backed by the Bucks during the whole suspension thing. Uh, then, the you know, Bruce Arians is saying that A.B. never told him that he was hurt and, and this and that. Look, that stuff, you're, you're never going to know. Right. Like you're just you're never going to find out. But, yeah, one thing's for certain. Um Antonio Brown's not on the team. He he's not. Um, technically, like he's still you know listed like I believe as a member, but he he's not like he's never going to step foot on on a on a football field again wearing Tampa Bay Buccaneers colors. 
It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, there were some people that, um, that, you know, that kind of thought this week, Oh, it's, it's just a cool down period. You know, they, they both realized that they made mistakes. No, like that's not, you don't quit. You know, Rhett, if you walked into your job today and you, uh, just say, Hey, I'm, I'm out, I'm, I'm, I'm gone and just walk out. Are you going to show up the next day and act like everything's okay? Yeah, no, that's not a possibility. I mean, imagine if you do, your boss is going to be like, no, you're you're done. Well, imagine, you know, imagine if right here you and I are doing this podcast live on YouTube with a couple of people watching. If I just got up, took my shirt off and left and left you to do the show. I mean, you could probably save it. I trust you. You could pull it out just like TB12 on the final drive of that game versus the Jets. But like, yeah, I, I think. I think if anybody confirmed AB is not going to be back, it was it was Antonio Brown when he decided to quit on the team because a lot of people forget that's what happened. And I'm sorry that, you know, we're opening uh, opening up this show with a segment of blasting Antonio Brown. That's not really what this is about, but it's more so addressing the conversation topic that people have kept around that maybe there's a possibility he'll be back in the playoffs, which no. it, it's just it's it's not the case, folks. No, not 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 the case of the situation. It's just it's not. Well, okay. The, the r- real quick, mm-hmm. um, it's just to, to, to answer it short. Yes. They, they don't want Antonio Brown going and signing with the green Bay Packers or going and signing with the Kansas city chiefs or, you know, anybody that they may face. Um, the reason that they haven't just suspended him when you're suspended, you still get paid. Um, and the bucks obviously feel like he quit. So he, he shouldn't, he shouldn't get paid. Like he quit on the team. So, Keyshawn Johnson was in a similar scenario uh, in 2003. Actually, you know, it's kind of crazy. The year after the Bucs yeah. won the Super Bowl, the very the, next year. The year after the Bucs won the Super Bowl, their potential diva wide receiver acts out. That's Yeah, yeah, that's kind of crazy. And, well, I mean, I don't think the Bucs got swept by the Saints the year after they won in 03. I'm not positive if they did off the top of my head, but I, I don't know. The parallels between these seasons are really starting to blur together. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's not – it's just not – that's not how, how things go. So he's not back and um, he will never be back. And the Bucks just don't want him signing with another team and they don't want him get, they don't want to pay him right now. He, he walked out. So uh, that's basically why. And like you said, this will be probably the last, unless something groundbreaking comes out, we have to talk about, this will be the last show that we're even mentioning um, Antonio Brown. So he's not, he's not on the Bucks anymore. So we, we have no reason to mention him. Let's talk about the guys who are on the team and some positive updates that we got about some key players possibly returning for the postseason. A couple of guys on IR worth mentioning, Levante David and Leonard Fournette. We got some positive updates on both of those guys this week. They are hopeful that Levante should be good to go for the playoffs, but Lenny, his status is a little bit further ahead. They feel a little better about him, so he should for sure be back wildcard weekend for Tampa Bay, but... uh What's going on with Levante David? Do you think he plays in that first game of the postseason? You know, you really hope so. Uh, this this defense has been different, especially run defense has been different. Um, and you're looking at the two potential matchups being the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Those are two teams that run the ball pretty well. And um, you, you're going to need – I know the Bucks have a stout run defense, but it's not the same without Levante David. Like the, the Jets just ran for almost 200 yards against them. Uh, you know, it, it's not the same without Levante David. So they're going to need him back. And, and yeah, they'll need Jack Barrett back and they'll need Vita Vey to play better and Jason Pierre Paul be back. But, you know, I think Levante David is, is a huge piece. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if he'll be back. I think he'll, he'll, you'll see him if, you know, if like 
let's say in the wild card round, let's say they advance and look, David doesn't play. I would expect him back in the divisional round. I don't think this is going to be something where it keeps him out that long, but uh, I, I know that, like you said, that they're hopeful. Um, I just think they, they want to be really cautious and um, we'll see. He's on, he's on IR. So even if he was, um, even if he was healthy right now, he still couldn't practice because technically he's on IR. So the first real indication we'll get is if, you know, he practices this time next week, basically, because he'll be, excuse me, he'll be eligible to come off IR. And uh, that'll be the first indication that we get. So right now I'm not sure. And um, yeah, but it will be important either matchup because both teams run the ball extremely effectively and either matchup would be pretty, um, you know, pretty important for David to play. Another guy on that defense who could be back for the postseason is outside linebacker Shaq Barrett. JPP also injured. Not really sure what his status is this week. We'll know more as the injury reports start to go out. Um, Thursday and Friday practice for the Bucks is just walkthroughs this week. So, you know, I think if he's feeling like he wants to play, he'll be out there. But back to Shaq Barrett, who should be back for the postseason. He is also pretty, uh, you know, pretty big piece of that pass rush for the Bucks. And while they've been able to, well, I guess they haven't been able to get it done because there wasn't a ton of pressure on Zach Wilson last yeah, week. No. So, yeah, this this defensive line is definitely hurting to get uh, Shaq attack back out there. But I wanted to mention Shaq Barrett and then get into a question in the live chat from our buddy Jay. Here in the playoffs, can the defense step up and return to form? Because if you look at the 2020 season, you know, Tom Brady, a lot of people point at him as saying, carry the Bucks throughout the playoffs. But I think Brady was a perfect catalyst for this team. But I, when I look at the playoff run last year, I think the defense carried this team. I mean, three interceptions in the NFC Championship game, the huge turnovers when they needed to happen in that game against the Saints. I mean, they were driving down the field ready to make that game closer than it needed to be. And I think it was the Devin White interception that really, you know, put things on hold. This defense making plays is what carried the Bucks to the playoffs last year. I know they're not 100% healthy, but when you do get guys like Levante David back and you do get Shaq Barrett out there, do you think this defense has the ability to to turn it on yet again in the playoffs for the second straight year? Uh, yeah, they they, they could. Uh, just to, to clarify, um, people basically putting it into perspective, when, when Rhett says three interceptions in the NFC Championship game, he's referring to what Tom Brady threw. Uh, the Bucs didn't force three interceptions. The yeah, Bucks I, I, I should have clarified. Thank um, you. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bucs had three interceptions in one half, and the Bucs defense still managed to, to win the game against Aaron Rodgers, who won the MVP. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, this defense definitely stepped up last year, and they, they really transformed, but they were also, like you said, healthier, and that's going to be the big factor there. Um, fortunately, none of the injuries seem to be season-ending, but it's just – it's not – I don't know, man. It just It, it feels like – the guys that were making plays last year aren't doing it this year. Uh, mostly, you know, the Devin Whites of the world. Jason Pierre-Paul has just been so ineffective. I understand he's been playing injured, but, I mean, he's just been really ineffective. And they're going to need those guys. They, they really are, especially Devin White. I mean, they are going to need Devin White to step up. And if he doesn't, I don't know how far they're going to go. Like, will they win a playoff game? Maybe. You know, maybe they win too. But, um he hasn't, he hasn't been too good. And I mean, really, if you look at his career, um, I'm not, I'm not ready to say he's a bad football player yet, but he 
has underwhelmed. Um, and he was, you know, the fifth overall pick and, and hasn't been, um, it hasn't really been that right. It hasn't played like a top five pick, uh, had a few nice games in the playoffs, really nice games, but hasn't played like top five pick. So it, it's going to be big for him. Um, and I, I do think this defense can, I just don't know if they will, especially with the health of key guys like Shaq Barrett, Levante David. I mean, those two guys, if, if you, if you play a playoff game against them, I mean, without them, I don't know what your chances are going to be to win that game. Uh, the way that I look at it, the Bucks did win a playoff game. This defense won a playoff game without Devin White out there. The first round against Washington last season. But again, nothing you did last season even matters. We we compare the playing well, of a guy and, like and Devin White from last Le- season. Levante David. Levante David's better than Devin White, too. So Yeah, that that is also true. Um, so hopefully they don't have to go shorthanded in the first round this year without 54 on the field. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess when it comes to Devin White in 2021, he has been a little bit uh, uh, lackluster. Um, he definitely doesn't have the huge splash plays that he did in 2020. I still think he's a serviceable linebacker, and I think he's going to pan out. And I hopefully believe he he stays in Tampa Bay for quite a while because I like him a lot as a player. I think he's a great guy to have on your defense. But, yeah, he, he is in the realm of guys who who would need to step up if they hope to return to form here in the playoffs. I also look at maybe the teams are going to be playing in the first round. You know, I, I think it's more than likely as we brought up on um, this week's video, it's more than likely either going to be the Eagles or San Francisco, but if it's the Eagles, right, this is a team they already played once this year, but Jalen hurts is good, man. Like that, that guy's pretty good, right? He's pretty quick. The bucks have always had trouble with some fast quarterbacks. If you don't have Levante David out there, that one could get ugly pretty quickly, but yeah, it, let's look at maybe some other position groups for Tampa Bay. I want to look at the offense because we did bring up Leonard Fournette. This running back room, just an update this week, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones were injured in that game against the Jets last Sunday. Uh, Arians addressed it today. I believe he said that Keyshawn Vaughn just has some bruised ribs. He should be fine, so he'll be available for sure if they need him. But Ronald Jones is in a walking boot this week. So his status isn't, you know, it's not like he's, Super doubtful this week, but uh, again, as we start to get more injury reports throughout the week, it'll be pretty telling to uh, to what Ronald Jones' level of activity this week will be. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're going to push it. Um, I, I think they they realize that if he could play this week, if if this this was a must win to get in the playoffs, maybe he could push it and play. But yeah, I think the Bucks with Leonard Fournette status still in doubt. Keyshawn Vaughn banged up. I just, yeah, you know, they still don't even know about Giovanni Bernard. Um, he was, you know, Bernard was technically eligible to come off IR this week, but hasn't yet. So we'll see about his status probably in the next few days or so. We'll know if he's going to come off IR, but yeah, I, I don't think they're going to really push it. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see, but you know, um, having Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell as your two backs, uh, it's not ideal, but you know, you know, your, your, your focus is now the playoffs, right? Not necessarily this game. So you're hoping that if you do sit Ronald Jones, you're hoping that that means Ronald Jones will hopefully be available versus, you know, Philly or San Francisco, whoever it may be. Um, and the same with Leonard Fournette. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I wouldn't expect Ronald Jones to play. I, I do think Keyshawn Vaughn's going to play, but, um, yeah, I, I think you'll see a lot of Vaughn and a lot of Le'Veon Bell on, on Sunday. 
Let's take a look at the wide receiver room for the Bucks. We know the big absence of uh, that one guy that they lost against the Jets. But what they have left, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Rashad Perryman, Surreal Grayson, Cam Brate, O.J. Howard. And then, of course, we just mentioned they're going to be getting a healthy Leonard Fournette back. Um, you know, what do you think of this this Bucks offense? Is this wide receiver room enough to get it done? Because, you know, Leonard Fournette, you can't guarantee he's going to come back and play exactly like he was before he got injured, right? Um, so if and when this run game might stall out a little bit in the playoffs, you know, is this passing attack enough to get it done? And do not forget, you got TB12 of all people under center. And uh, that report with him and Surreal Grayson in particular is really starting to turn on these last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out to James with the $2 super chat. Appreciate it, James. Thanks for donating to the Wendy's um, Fund, my friend. Glad to have you. We're going to be eating good tonight, Rhett. Um, yes. Yeah, so th Jun thanks a lot, bacon James. cheeseburgers on me. That's right. Oh, it's on James. Apparently so. <laughs> we go. Sorry, I guess I should give James a little bit of credit. Sorry, bud. <laughs> um, it's on it's on James and anybody else who cares to donate to the Wendy's fund. You know, our good friend Willie, who's not not here yet, but he'll show up. He's good. Um, yeah, the, the receivers, you know, you talk about are they enough? And if you look on paper, no. Right. If, if you look on paper, they're definitely you know, a receiving room of Mike Evans. And then your next best receiver is. Tyler Johnson, maybe Prashad Perryman, because I mean, yeah, Surreal Grayson has been fantastic the last two weeks, but um, you, you got to see a little bit more from him, I think, before you can say, oh, he's better than this guy. He's better than this guy. Uh, hopefully you do see that this week. And you're right. The, the rapport between him and Brady really seems to be building. Brady trusts him. I think it's enough. I think it's enough because so I should say if you also get the tight ends more involved. I think that's going to be more of a factor than the actual, you know, well, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Perryman, the, these guys got to be productive. I think you, you have to use the tight ends more. And what Dirk Cutter did so well in his time in Tampa was find ways to use the tight ends. Obviously, he didn't have three. He had two with O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, but it always seemed like they found ways to get the ball in those two guys' hands, and now the Bucks need to do the same, I think. And there was a time where we were, you know, super excited about O.J. Howard. Like, I remember vividly the play design. I think it was a play-action rollout. They were playing Buffalo in 2018? Yeah, the, it was 2017. They did it twice. One against the Giants, and then later in the year against Buffalo when they rolled it out. And OG was wide open. Yeah, it was basically two crossing routes going to the right. OJ Howard goes to the opposite side of the field. He ends up in the end zone 10 yards out by himself. You know, it's just one of the best touchdowns of his entire career. But yeah, there was definitely a time where the tight ends were much more involved in this game plan. And, and that's when we were so excited about guys like OJ Howard. Cam Brait, his reemergence throughout this last quarter of the season has been nice. Uh, touchdown machine these past couple of weeks. It's good to see Big 84 out there doing his thing. But yeah, I think that's going to be huge for this offense down the stretch. Just mixing it up because, you know, while there are guys filling in, Surreal Grayson, Tyler Johnson still needing to step up, you know, Brashad Perryman, we've yet to see him really explode aside from the overtime touchdown against Buffalo. You, you still have to kind of incorporate the playmakers you do have on this offense. And the Bucks do have quite a bit, even though they are missing. A another guy that, you know, I wanted to talk about, I think if this Bucks offense is going to do what it needs to do to try and bring home another Super Bowl, we talk about guys who need to step up. I put out a public service announcement on our social media that said Mike Evans slander will not be tolerated, but I do think Big 13 
He's got to step up. He has to, man. Like, yeah, yeah. he's about to hit his thousand yards. If it hooray, I, I really think he gets it done against Carolina. But like, do you remember how much of a weapon he was? Like, but before Chris Godwin, man, Mike Evans was our entire offense. Like, he he is the man. He hasn't had to be the man for the Bucks in a while, but now he has to be the man for this wide receiver room. I think he's able to do it, but I'd like to see him start to turn it on a little bit. If he's not able to do it, they have zero chance to win the Super Bowl. I, like, yeah, zero. yeah, I would agree, I would agree with that statement. Yeah, I mean, if if he's not able to now, I understand, you know, health wise, you know, how healthy is the hamstring? I get it. I don't think you're gonna see him. Uh, too much on Sunday. I think you'll see him in the beginning because they're going to try to get the thousand yards. Then once they do that, I I think they'll probably sit him, um, especially because you'll need those other receivers to to be good. So you'll need to get them in a rhythm and get them some playing time. So I don't think you'll see Mike Evans too much. Probably you probably won't see him at all in the second half. I, I would guess. I would assume that they're just going to want to get him his yards and sit him relatively quickly. Um, but yeah, he has to be better and he has to really. He has to play like, you know, we, we still believe, I still believe like, he's the best wide receiver on the team. Well, he's got to play like it. Um, losing you know, the fact that no matter what it is, the Bucs just lost Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. Like they, they just, they just lost. And there's two, two huge pieces, right? I mean, you can't deny it, right? Yeah, Antonio it- Brown is a fantastic football player. Let's not act like the week before he left the game, you know, he didn't get what 10 catches, a hundred plus yards. Like he, he is, he is a huge facet for this bucks offense. There's definitely nobody denying that part. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, and, and I understand that the people who just, I I don't really, I I don't really understand that why people hate on Mike Evans so much. I think they just they expect this like receiver that's going to create all this separation when really Mike Evans is a vertical type receiver. That's just he wins on the vertical routes. He wins on the 50-50 balls. Um, but it's also that's what the Bucks offense has him do right now, and that's they're going to need him to do a little bit more, be a little bit more versatile if, if they want to have a lot of success. I think if he gets the looks and he gets the targets, he can do more. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's all about just getting him we, accustomed we've to seen doing it. that. It, exactly. Yeah, we, we've seen it over the years. But addressing, you know, the Mike Evans slander, I, I think a good 75% of the people who have a lot of negative things to say about Mike Evans just they weren't there. They didn't watch Josh McCown, Mike Glennon throw all these touchdowns to Mike Evans. You know, they didn't watch these guys come in and out of Tampa. They didn't watch him play with the wide receiver room that consisted of uh Freddie Martino. Who the hell is Freddie Martino? You know what I mean? Like the, these people weren't there. Um, I, I think oh. I, I think I can boil this one down to just some casuals. But yeah, Mike Mike does need to be in a bigger role in this offense going forward because he has the ability to do it. He just hasn't had to do it all in in quite a while. Because when you do have Chris Godwin on the other side of the field or playing in the slot, like that man's a machine. He can get it done as well. And Brady's going to throw to the guy who's open. And when you're Mike Evans, who's getting double covered most of the game, you know he's a vertical guy. He's not going to get the separation and be 10 yards open all the time. Yeah. And also when you say 75%, obviously the, the 25% includes Tony, uh, Danny, two of the, two of the guys that just continue to just <laughs> hammer him. Oh, wait, hey, hey, we are, we are glad to have um, you both here in our chat. Thank I mean, you, da- Danny, Danny says Mike Evans can't beat double teams and or elite cons- elite corners consistently. That's my grave with him. Okay. Well, I mean, you're talking about consistently, you know, how, 
tough it is with a double team and when it is an elite corner. Like, I understand, like, Mike Evans is supposed to be a really good wide receiver, and I think he is. Um, but, like, come on, man. Like, you, you, if you're expecting him to beat every single double team and just dominate elite corners, you're you're not right. It's not going to happen. I, and actually, he played fine against Jalen Ramsey every single time they've played him. And, I mean, he wasn't great, but he played fine. And he played fine against Shire Alexander, too. So, I think the reemergence of Mike Evans in this playoff run is what's going to make or break the Bucks in their it second is. straight Super Bowl. They, they they will not win if 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 they can't get him going. They yeah. will not win. Let's talk about some other positions on the offense. Uh, our buddy Pat McGroin actually brings it up both sides of the ball here, but let's talk about some depth at the line of scrimmage. Actually, the Buccaneers injury report just now dropped. Janet Lane. Let's go over that really quickly before we talk about the. Uh, uh, well, we're gonna be on. We're gonna be on this for forty minutes. Oh man, is it? Is it really? Is it? Is it pretty extensive here? I believe there's fifteen names on there. <laughs> here so, we go. Um, All right, so we'll just run down the list. Shaq Barrett did not participate. I mean, most of them we know. But... Yeah. Uh, you know that guy didn't participate. Jalen Darden actually, who cleared the COVID reserve, was back out there today. Limited participation. Let me get your two cents on him really quick as we talk about maybe some receivers who need to step up. I didn't even mention him earlier. I don't think he's going to see much. He'll, yeah. be the, he'll probably be the return man, but with, with Grayson stepping up, I don't think you're going to see Jalen Darn as a receiver much. Right. It, it takes a little bit of time to build that chemistry and that trust with a quarterback like Tom Brady. Like He's always going to throw to the guy who's open, but Jalen Darden hasn't given you a whole lot of reasons this year to think he's going to be the future of this offense. He could be, but... He just really hasn't, you know, had the good looks this year. But continuing on the injury report, Mike Evans or uh, Mike Edwards with a elbow injury was full participation out there today. Mike Evans dealing with that hamstring was limited. Here was a question we got in the chat. I don't remember who it was from. I think our buddy Jay, but the center number 66, Ryan Jensen with a shoulder injury did not participate. Have you heard anything at all about what's going on with that? We, we've spoken to the toughness of this guy before. He's played through injury before, and he definitely did that in the Jets game because he was hurting at one point, and he toughed it out, and the Bucs won. But what's going on with uh, Big Red this week? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, now, I will say, you know, the Bucs conducted a walkthrough on Wednesday, so it's not really a practice. So if he doesn't participate, it's not a huge, huge deal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I believe Jensen finished the game. Obviously, he's a tough player. Uh, I think he'll give it a go if the Bucks feel like he's good, but like they don't want to risk it. Like I said again, like it's the, it's for the playoffs here. Like your 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 focus is now the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I don't really think they're going to risk it, but I think that if he's ready to go, he's definitely going to push to go. Running back Ronald Jones, we mentioned earlier, is in that walking boot with an ankle injury. Did not participate at practice today. Corner Sean Murphy bunting with an illness was full participation today as well, so his status should be good. Outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul with a shoulder did not participate. The people's champ Bradley Pinion returns to practice with a right hip injury. He was full participation, so I think uh, number eight should be back out there booting him again. Which will be, which will be good because um, while Hoff Richter didn't do a bad job on punts, he struggled to get the ball consistently in the end zone. Yeah, it, uh, there which, weren't a lot which, of touchbacks. Yeah. Which which they with their coverages their their coverages haven't been good the last two seasons so they they need that guy to put to put the ball in the end zone. Number twenty eight, Rashard Robinson with a groin. The cornerback did not practice today. Richard Sherman with an Achilles is actually limited participation, so that's something to monitor his status throughout the rest of the week. Linebacker Grant Stewart with an elbow, full participation. 
Keyshawn Vaughn with a rib injury, full participation. And wrapping up the injury report for Tampa Bay, Justin Watson, the wide receiver with a quad injury, did not participate. Very surprised he is still on the team, for the record. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's the injury report for Tampa Bay. Uh, we talked about Ryan Jensen, maybe his status moving forward. I, I hope, you know, I mean, let's talk about Ryan Jensen really quickly. Does he have to play this week? No. Right, right. <laughs> Like I, I hope you know he can maybe you can, you can get Robert, Robert Hainsey some snaps. Yeah, so you know he yeah. could be a potential future piece with third round pick. So, yeah. well, let's look at the defensive line for Tampa Bay headed into the playoffs. Some guys who should be coming back, and maybe some guys who need to step up. We mentioned Shaq Barrett earlier, Jason Pierre-Paul. You know the other guy in that conversation as well. Yeah, um, I don't know about JPP. I, I don't. Uh, I think Shaq Barrett will be back eventually. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about JPP. Um, I I don't think his season's done. I just I don't I don't think I'm neither one's gonna play this week. But um, I I think that one I think one of them is gonna. I don't think both are out there wildcard weekend. I don't think both are out there wildcard weekend, unfortunately. But um, obviously, Shaq Barrett I believe is more important because he's the better player. Uh, so I'm hoping that Shaq Bear, I obviously hope both of them can, can, you know, get healthy and, and be out there, but um, I'm hoping Shaq Barrett can, can really give it a go because they're going to need him regardless of who they play. And then uh, we'll take a look at that secondary really quick. It, it seems like, seems like everybody should be good to go. Right. I, I mean, really, you know, getting everybody healthy on this defense has been a key the entire season, but I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head in that secondary who's going to be missing for an extended period of time, right? Like every, everybody's back. No. Yeah. Everybody's for the first time. It seems like everybody's back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it only took 18 weeks, but we made it. Folks. Yeah. So then uh, the chat's talking a little bit about Jensen. Um, Edwin says rest Jensen for sure. And then Tony says Arian said he's not resting anyone. The, the difference is that yeah, you wouldn't technically be resting him because he's not healthy right now. So if he's not a hundred percent healthy, you don't really play him. That that's you know. Uh, and also, there's a little bit of discourse about um, about Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski. Maybe like uh, somebody in the chat, I think that the truth uh, thinks that they are both retiring. I don't know about Gronkowski, but I can say with a lot of confidence that the belief is that Tom Brady will be back next year. There's no you know, there's no discussions about that. Uh, Everybody's our, our, good, uh... our, our good buddy Rick Stroud went on <laughs> and went went on Pat McAfee show, and uh, yeah, our good good friend. Everybody, um, everybody's favorite Bucks beat reporter, right? Everybody's I mean, favorite. Oh, um, oh, he he, he even he even said that the expectation is Brady will be back. So uh, I don't know about Gronkowski, but he's he's technically a free agent at the end of this year too. So I don't know about him, but as far as Brady goes, um, and then. On a more, I guess we can sort of end it with this. Um, we we you know, we'll have a game preview. It, it won't be as in depth as previous game previews because look, they, they just played the Panthers, and it's the last game of the season. We do have uh, we do have one more mailbag question after this topic. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Well, then let's do the mailbag, and then I want to come back to the, the the fun the fun topic. I think you know what it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I won't say anything, but let's go ahead and get to our final mailbag question. This comes from our buddy Garrett Gekas. This was actually, he hit us up on Instagram. Yeah, it, it was in our Instagram DMs. He slid in the DMs to ask us this. Uh, and this is a good reflective 
question. Uh, we like to try and stay down to earth on this podcast most of the time. We like to try and be realistic. So this is maybe something that we need to address if the Bucs can't get it done this year, right? If this mm-hmm. season does not end in a championship, uh, this is a great question from our buddy Garrett. He says, now that the Bucks have won the NFC South, is this season automatically labeled a success? Obviously, the ultimate goal is to repeat the Super Bowl champs, but that is not a very easy task. Is there any performance that the Bucks could display down the stretch and the playoffs that would make you think this season was a disappointment? Thanks, Garrett. Evan, I'll toss this one to you. Yes, I do think there's a there's a world where you could look at the the uh, the disappointment. Um, is so, is it a, is it a first round exit in like yes. embarrassing fashion? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not not even an embarrassing fashion. You need to win a playoff game. Um, yet you have a home playoff game for the first time since 2007, something you didn't even have last year. I know the two roles play in Tampa. It, it wasn't a home game. It wasn't, a, you know, that wasn't a home game. So yeah, you gotta, you, you can't lose that game. Uh, you gotta win, no matter who it's against, you gotta win a playoff game. If, if they don't, if, if they go one, you know, one and done, that's, that's a disappointment. Um, you know, look, you're not going to win a Super Bowl every year. Like you're not Tom Brady has been playing for what this is year 22. He has seven Super Bowls. He's been in 10. So he's appeared in 10, but he's played for 12. There's been 12 seasons where he hasn't appeared in the Super Bowl, you know, so more likely than not, he's not appearing in the Super Bowl. So uh, it's, I don't think people realize just how difficult it is to, to not only make the Super Bowl, but to win it. Um, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not easy. And, um, you know, I think some of it is with going from seven and nine. We talk about it all the time, going from seven and nine, missing the playoffs every single season to winning the Super Bowl in one year has fans thinking, well, if they don't win the Super Bowl now and they bring everybody back from the Super Bowl team, everybody thinks, well, if they don't win the Super Bowl now, it's, you know, it's, um, it's a failure. No, it's not because look, there's 32 teams. Only one team gets the win. Like I'm only, only there's 32 teams and only one team season is going to end on a happy note. Only one. So it's, it's not to me, it wouldn't be dis. There is a path where it's disappointing. If you go out and um, if you go out and lose, you know, the, to the Eagles or the 49ers, if you go out and lose that game, sure. Because like, you, you, you want to win. Um, but uh, to me, there's, there's no shame in not winning. Of course, that's the ultimate goal, right? But there, there's no shame in, in not winning. I think a question like this is, uh, you know, obviously subjective. I think the season is whatever you make of it, whatever you feel like it is. If you are a casual Tom Brady mark who just started watching the Bucks in 2020 and you feel like because they didn't win the Super Bowl you know this season was a failure then so be it I, I don't think anybody is going to be able to convince those people otherwise right but no if yeah. you are a Bucks fan who has been here for more than a few years and you have watched plenty of four and 12 five and 11 six and 10 seven and nine two and fucking 14 seasons you know, it's important to remember like just how far this team has come. Like you said, they went from seven and nine to Super Bowl champions within a year. They did all of that while battling a global pandemic. They did it with a new quarterback who was learning a new system. It helps that he was the greatest quarterback of all time, and they had an absolutely stacked roster. But 
they were able to get it done, right? That's that's tough to do. Like I, I think people really underestimate just how tough it was for the 2020 Bucks to come together and really go on a championship run the way that they did. Everything fell into mm-hmm. place perfectly for Tampa Bay, right? It, it was meant to be. But when you look at this season, I think for me, the only thing that would stop it from being a success so far, the Bucks already won the division title, which is something they didn't do last year. Their first division title in, uh, what, since 07, right? Yeah, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, Tom Brady is actually tied for second place in Buccaneers touchdowns in, in franchise history. I know that doesn't have anything I, I to do with... I think he's 40 or 41 touchdown passes behind Jameis Winston, so if he plays next year... He'll likely break that. Man, I'd be wild if he does it in three seasons. That's mm. crazy. But again, you know, that speaks to the level of production this Bucks team is at. We are witnessing the greatest Buccaneers team in the history of the franchise, folks. Like, I'm sorry to say that over the 99 defense and the 02 Bucks, but like, we have got Tom effing Brady at the helm. And I think it's just important mm. to remember how far we've come. But yeah, there is no shame in losing. But no, there will it, be exactly. shame. There will be shame if you get bounced in the first round by you know Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I'll feel really bad if they come into our house where the Bucks have played so dominant all season long, except for that one game. You know, I, I'd be so embarrassed if they came into our house and beat us. Any team, for that matter, in the playoffs, bounce us in the first round. But like, I think as a Bucks fan who's been watching this team, we've been doing this podcast since 2016. We have covered some pretty bad seasons. I I feel I'm I'm happy. I, I this is the happiest I've ever been with my football team. Yeah, I mean, well, besides the Super Bowl, but well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and, and I mean, some people are saying anything less than the Super Bowl is loser talk. Brady only plays for the Super Bowl, not rebuilding. Who mentioned the word rebuild? We're we're not talking about like I don't understand. And this like, isn't Super, and, and Super folks, Bowl. This isn't like, just about Tom Brady. Like this is about the Bucks as a franchise. And like I yeah, said, everybody's if, if saying, "Well, Tom, Tom Brady, this Tom Brady, that." Look, well, Tom Brady's one player. Like, well, if if you're a casual fan who only started watching the Bucks because of Tom Brady, you just don't understand. Like I, I'm not sorry yeah. to say that you just do not understand. It, yeah, he's not. He's it. not. He's not calling you a casual fan, but um, you know, it's it's like look, it's just it's. I understand the people that come over from New England, right? And if you did or didn't, when you're listening to this, whatever. And right? knock on wood, I'm glad to have them, right? I'm so yeah. glad that our stadium is packed. I don't know if you saw, but the game against the Jets, it was... Even the dogs sorry. getting riled yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Even the dogs getting riled up. We're all Bucks fans right. in this house. But you saw the game versus the Jets. It was like a 70-30 split. There was so much red in that stadium. For a fan base that does not travel well, the Bucks have done it especially well these past few seasons. And I'm grateful for the New England transfers who have helped make that happen. So... These people have their place, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I mean, we're not just saying, yes, a Super Bowl would be great. Like a Super Bowl would be fantastic. And a lot of people are taking this as us saying, well, let's just make the playoffs and we're good. No, like this team went from 2007 to 2020 without making the playoffs. Like you realize, I don't think they, they realize how good they have it right now. Like, it, like you don't know what you got till it's gone, basically, I guess. I guess, you know, Bucks fans won't realize it until they go another 10 years without making the playoffs. And then and then they'll realize, you know, just how fortunate they were. So, um, yeah, it's it's whatever. We'll talk about it a little bit more, and we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it, I think. But um, let's get into one last fun subject here, right, before we wrap it up. And like I said, we'll have a game preview show, I believe, probably on Friday. Um you know, that'll probably be an open, pretty open form of discussion. We'll talk a little bit about the game, uh, a little bit more about um, 
you know, uh, a, a little bit more about uh, the matchups, maybe in the playoffs or what scenarios could happen. But uh, eh, so Antonio Brown's out and uh, another prominent wide receiver who is very popular uh, wants to join the, the, the party. Uh, Terrell Owens has come out and said, like, and I mean, he's not joking. Like, I know he's not joking. He stated serious interest in, in coming and playing with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, do you remember, real quick, do you remember, I mean, before, sorry, go before ahead, I go get, ahead. before I give my exact thoughts, I mean, it's just a similar situation with Simeon Rice in 2017. Um, like Simeon Rice was serious. Like he, he was, he was also, legit. I think he was also like a full 10 years younger than T.O. at the time too. Not to say that 37 or 38 years old is a prime age to be a defensive lineman in the NFL, but yeah, very, that's what I was going to bring up. I was going to ask if you remember Simeon Rice reaching back out and saying, Hey, I see the Bucks need some pass rush help, but I also feel like he was joking a little bit more than uh, than T.O. is in this situation. Um, yeah, and, I, mean, I mean, 48-year-old Hall of Famer Terrell Owens, he's only four years older than Tom Brady at this point. He says he can be the missing piece for wide receiver at Tampa Bay, really pushing for a meeting with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. And, and I guess at this point, you know, while it probably isn't going to happen, it, it's definitely a pipe dream. Um I gotta respect. I, I, I gotta, I gotta re- respect. I gotta respect him. Sure, the guy. The guy says he still got the juice. And I mean, you know, uh, you said this, and I'm gonna take your take from you. But if this was two hand touch, I'd sign him yesterday. Yeah, one. It's the same thing that would have happened if they signed Simeon Rice. It's all fine and dandy. One hit and they're done. Yeah, one one hit and and they're done. Not gonna happen. It's a fun thought. I mean, I I said I tweeted out yesterday. He's in great. He's in phenomenal shape. That's not football shape. That is a completely different thing. So, um, yeah, it's just I and I, I I find it funny when people say that Owens, Terrell Owens is so old. Dude, they got a forty-four year old quarterback right now. So I he's four years older than Tom Brady. Like, you know, okay, let's not talk about so old. You know what's actually funny is uh, I don't know if you saw To's response, but there was a, a thread started on Twitter, and it was uh, who's the bigger diva wide receiver. And it was a picture of AB and TO and TO was actually deeply offended by that. So well, maybe they, maybe that's too. where all this is coming it, from. Antonio Brown isn't a diva. Antonio Brown's is a mental case. Yeah. Well, like to, to, you know. to me, to me, and to, there's a difference between Antonio Brown and Terrell Owens. There's a big difference. There's a difference between Antonio Brown, Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson and Terrell Owens are divas. They are, they are divas. Odell Beckham Jr. By some people can be labeled as a diva. Antonio Brown is a mental case. He is a guy who just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's just, it, it's fun to think about. It'd be a fun thought, but uh, yeah, we don't live in, in a fantasy world. So um, it's, like I said, it would be hysterical uh, to see Terrell Owens, a 48 year old Terrell Owens. And I mean, he's right. I mean, he said, you know, they don't, it's not a 16 game season. They need me for three or four games at most. He said, I can give you 10 to 15 plays a game where it's obvious passing downs. Like, that's true. Like, you probably could, but like, it's just, yeah, one, one imagine, hit. Imagine and, if they do done. sign, imagine if they do sign Tia, right? Like, like let's, just, so let's just take it. Let's just take a trip here. <laughs> it's not like the Bucks roster has been beyond the realm of putting together all Madden teams, right? I mean, yeah, between, but this oh, is, this one is, this a little... is, yeah, this is another level. Um, <laughs> But, like, imagine if they did sign T.O. and, yeah, they put him out there on design pass plays and he literally doesn't get a single target over four games. 
Yeah, like, they make invisible. a deep playoff run. He's just out there, doesn't get any targets, no catches. He's just there because I'm sure a defense would have zero idea of how to approach the idea of yeah, 40. They probably wouldn't even care at first and, until he burns them once. They'd probably right. like, okay, yeah. like he's not. Um, yeah, what, what, whatever. But um, yeah, it's uh, like I said, we got one more. One the last game preview of the regular season is coming up. It's, I know man. it's hard to believe, but the last preview of the regular season uh, is is coming up. So here we are, my friend. I, I mean, it's been I, I guess it's been a long year. Um, you know, we still have one week left to go. And, and as I said at the start of the show, 17 games almost feels like one week too many. But. You know, while it feels like it's been a long year, it, it is. It, it is one week too many. It, it is one week it's too unnecessary. many. But it all happened, you know, before you know it. I mean, it was just August the other day. We were just talking about the Bucks going ninety something yards against the Texans and Tom Brady looking the best he had ever looked. Uh, and here we are. Bucks are playing for the two seed, probably gonna land the three seed if I had to guess, but you never know. San Francisco could step up and pull one out against the LA Rams. The next time we talk to you guys. We will probably know for sure. It'll be Sunday night. We'll have some uploads for you between now and then, of course. Go subscribe on our YouTube channel if you haven't already. But, um, yeah, man. I, I mean, the regular season is wrapping up. And this is this is where the – I don't know. This is where the money's made. Yeah, sure. I was trying to think of something to say. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the playoffs are starting, <laughs> folks, if you couldn't pick it up from that. Um Ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Mailbag Show on the Can of Fire podcast brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Big shout out to all the people in the live chat. Our buddy Sylvia, Richard, Trouble Follows, TB12, Goatman, Charles, Pat McGroin, Black Crow, Danny, The Truth, and uh, of course, Tony Baloney, who actually pieced out a little while ago. Thank you guys for being here. Anybody else that I may have missed, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content. Leave a thumbs up on the stream. It actually really, really helps us out. Uh, if you like what you see, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. We got plenty of great Bucks content for you here on the channel. And follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. Rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. That's it, folks. We'll talk to you Friday for the final game preview of the 2021 regular season. Until then, and as always, I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you later. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.